Welcome to Live Doc, your online Doc Yomi Shear. Shalom Aleichem and welcome back to today's Daf Hayoyimi Masachas Soita Daf Vav. We are right on top of the first line, Vikada Amri. So we're back to the Mishnah where we learned that a Soita, a married woman who was suspected of interacting with a stranger in an inappropriate manner, and she underwent the Kinoi Vestira stages, which means that the husband warned her and she violated his warning. She went ahead and was misyachet, went into hiding with this fellow. This Isha is now a Saita, who is usher to her husband, until she goes and verifies her status by drinking the May Saita in the Beis Hamikdash. So until that happens, she's usher to the husband. She cannot consume teruma, and what else? Even if husband passes away and leaves no children, which typically triggers the yibum process. Here we say, no Yibam is done. Brother of this departed husband will not pick up this marriage. Rather, the Chalitza process will be applied. Why? Why no Yibam? So yesterday we had Rav Yasef who presented the Pasuk describing the Isha whose behavior was found to be problematic. Kimotso be'erbas dover. It says, She's meant to go to an ish acher. So we're speaking, suppose, uh, the husband passed away. There's no yibam. Only to a stranger, not to somebody close by a yavam. We have another pshat. Here comes pshat number three. Again, based on the pasuk with the word acher. There is yet another version of Rav Yasef's drasha. This Isha, who is acting inappropriately, now separates from her husband, and she marries an Ish Acher. Why do we call him Acher? Because this new husband doesn't really match up to the first husband. What does that mean? Look, husband number one was concerned about his family and he did not want to have this Isha in the family so he separated from her which was the, the right thing to do to rid himself of, of riches. And what does this new fellow come along and do? Exactly that. He takes her in. He takes this very woman into his house. That's why he's called an Acher. He's no match in terms of Madreka, in terms of righteousness. He's a mismatch. The first husband acted appropriately and he's acting inappropriately. Clearly the Torah dissuades and discourages others from interacting and marrying this woman. So that said when she's faced with a Yibum situation. Her husband passed away with no kids. And the brother, the potential Yabam, wants to know, is this something for me or not? But Now you'll tell me that she has to go to Yibum? We have to compel this brother to marry her? When a minute ago you just told me that we discourage others from having to do with this woman. 
So this, in fact, is the source that there's no Yivam in this case. Amli Abayi, says Abayi to Rav Yosef, El Miyat, if that's the case, you're telling me that the uh, brother should not do Yivam, we discourage any further association with this woman. So what happens if Nisus La'achat, okay, she didn't marry the brother, she went and married somebody else, a stranger. She's allowed to do that. And that fellow then passed away without no, without any children. And he has a brother who's available for Yibam. There as well, like this Yibam. Will you tell me no Yibam should be performed? Because, as we said, the Torah regards the new husband as the Acher. You're not uh, doing, you know, you're not, it's not, it's not proper, it's not recommended. And therefore, uh, you know, we should not apply Yibum in this case either. So we're speaking again that Reuben married this Isha who turned out to be, uh, you know, a Saita. So if he died without kids, there's no Yibum. We see the Torah doesn't want any further association with this woman. Now what happens if she marries another fellow? Not Reuben or his brother Shimon, rather Levi, a stranger. And then Levi passed away with no children. And Levi has a brother Yehuda. No Yibam will take place either. Because nobody meant, is meant to interact with this, with this Isha. And apparently that's not true. The halacha is not correct. So why not? Why don't we apply your rationale to this case? So the Gemara answers like this. Big difference. It's a new slate. A new record. Gabidahai. Miha. Bishem toiv havakaima. With respect to the new husband Levi. There was nothing questionable about that about that experience. She had a good name there. Maybe she did tshuva. She was back on track. You can't hold her accountable for prior misdeeds, you know, in the first, in the past, during that past marriage. Right now she's good. It was a successful marriage. She was found to be doing nothing wrong. So now when Levi passes away, we approach uh, the brother Yehuda and we recommend Yibam. So bottom line is, Rav Yasef teaches us there's no Yibam by a Saita because of the Pasuk which indicates that we don't want any further interaction with this Isha and therefore we don't do Yibam. Rav This halacha can be learned through a Kalvachimah. If this Saita uh, process triggered an Isr with respect to her husband, who was up until now Mutter with her, so it sort of changed Heter into Isr, right? After Kinevestira, she's Asr with her husband. If this Saita experienced. Turned the Hatter into Isser. Of course and of course, with respect to the brother, the Yavam, with whom she was Asr all along, it certainly cannot allow that to become Mutter. If it turned something permissible into something prohibited, certainly it can't take something Asr and turn it into Mutter. Because after all, the brother is sort of taking over. Here's the part of brother's marriage. So it became also to his brother, 
who was originally mutter on the Isha, certainly that same event, that same experience can't make his relationship with the Yavama from Isra to Mutter. Ba'asrullah like Kalshkin? Certainly. She should be Asr with this brother, the Yavam, with whom she was Asr all along. Basically, the Kinevestir process turns Heter into Isr with her current husband. Of course, it cannot turn. If it can turn Heter into Isr, it can't turn Isr into Heter. When after all, the brother is just trying to take over this marriage, which just got ruined and thrown off the tracks. Amalek Abayi says, Abayi, working with that Kabbalah, applying that rationale elsewhere will cause confusion. You know why? Because if that's the case, what about a Kain Gadol? Shekidesh Zalmanu. We have a Kain Gadol who's not allowed to marry a widow. He was Mekadesh the Almanu. Umeis and he passed away without kids. He happens to have a brother who's a regular Kain who can marry an Almanu. Loitus Yavim. According to you, Yibam will not apply in this case because we'll apply the same Kabbalah Look, Ibn Nasr If she became Asr with her first husband, of course it should continue on and remain Asr for the brother. What do you mean, says the Gemara? What do you mean she became Asr to somebody she was Mutter with? Nasra? She was always Asr to the Kain Gadla. It wasn't a situation where she was Mutter and became Asr, so the wording here is incorrect. And also, she became Asr, somebody who she was mutter with? Mutala? What do you mean? He wasn't mutter with her. Asalahu. Kangadla was always Asr in this Isha. So, uh, this case won't really match this uh, description. Rather, which was a different case, to make our point. Ella, suppose like this. Aisha's Kain Shenanza. You have a Kain married to a woman who was forced to be involved with another man. As a result of which, she becomes usher to her husband. That's the Chiddush, a Kayin has a higher level of Kedusha, higher standards. Even if it was done in a forced manner, she's usher to him. Something which doesn't apply to a ordinary Israel, right? Over there it's only usher if it's a willing, consensual experience. So here we have an Eishas Kayin who was involved in Bo'inus. And this husband now, whose marriage was ruined because of this experience, dies without kids. Now he has a brother who's a non-kosher kain. You know, his father married a divorced woman. He's not really a proper kain and can marry, you know, an isha who had an oinus. Should we proceed with Yibum or not? So according to your rationale, says Abayi Terov, according to you, there should be no Yibum in this case. You know why? Because if this isha became Asr, to her first husband, with whom she was mutter up until that point. So the Oynes experience turned Heter into Isser. Of course, of course, it should affect the Yavam, who's just trying to take over that marriage. But Asula, with respect to the Yavam, with whom she was Asr with all along, Laish Galshkin, of course, doesn't lend to reason that she shouldn't become mutter to him because of this Yavam. Why is this different than the case of the of the Saita, where you apply this rationale to preempt Yavam? Answers the Gemara, there's a big difference. You know why? Because this event of Aynas does not affect a non-Kayan. 
a Yisrael is okay with that. A Kayin Cholol who's tantamount to a Yisrael with this, regarding this is also unaffected by this experience. There's no issue for the Yavam in this case. Oynes Yisrael Mishra Shari. The Oynes experience with a married woman does not affect her future relationship with a Yisrael. So with respect to this brother who is a Chalo which is tantamount to a Yisrael no Issa took place. He has no concern with respect to the Oynes that happened under his brother the Kayin Hedyate's watch. So he doesn't have to reckon with it. Sure, unfortunately she became also to my brother because he was a regular Kayin. An Oynes be a Kayin is a problem. But once he passed away and the Chalol is now the candidate to do the Yibum, he's okay with this uh, Oynes experience. It doesn't help him at all. It doesn't ruin him at all. It doesn't affect his prospects for Yibum. As opposed to the case of the Saita. Saita is universal. It applies to all people equally. Now, a Yavam who's trying to take over the Saita's marriage, one second, if this would have happened under your watch, she would have had Kini Vestira under your watch. Would have it affected you? Of course. Isra Saita is, is universal. And therefore we cannot allow you to do Yibam because look, look what the Saita experience did. It made her Asra on your brother. But Mutalon Nasra. It turned Heter into Isra. Now you're coming to just take over your brother's marriage. So that Isra carries over to you. It certainly can't make you who are also to her, it can't turn that into Heter. It can't give you the green light to do the Yibam. It carries over to you as well and preempts the Yibam. So the bottom line is, the mission tells us that Saita has no Yibam for one of two reasons. Rabbi Yisra's reason is based on the Pasuk, where the Lashon uh, Acher is used to describe this second man who's getting involved with this problematic woman. Apparently we discourage further interaction with her, no Yibam. And Rabbi is based on a Kalachimah. This Kinevistir experience made her Asr on her husband, it certainly carries over to the Yavam, who is Asr in her all along. Continues the Mishnah. So in the previous Mishnah, we learned that an Isha who went through Kine Vistira is temporarily Asr with her husband with respect to Truma until she verifies her status, clears up her record by way of drinking the Mei Saita and the Beis Hamidosh. But in the following cases, the Isha will, will remain permanently because there is no May Saita option anymore. Look, in the following cases, the Isra Truma remains permanent, the Isra to her husband remains permanent. We have five examples. The Isha claims, look, sorry, I was involved with this man, I really interacted with him as married. That's it. Show's over, there's no drinking, she's Asr. Or, Adam came and testified as such. Or, she says, you know what? I'm not drinking this water. Or, or her husband refuses to drink, give her the drink. Or, her husband was involved with her as married on the way up to Beis Hamidash, which is a problem. And that renders the water ineffective. So in this case, the Issa remains permanently. Says the Gemara, Amarav Amra. 
Hamils the following halacha Amar lan Rav Sheshes taught us this halacha, and in fact he proved it to us. The Anhar lan Einan and he enlightened us. He opened our eyes up to this halacha. He proved this halacha from where none other than our Mishnah Mimasnis. So what was the halacha first? Soita sheish la idem dinasayam. We have an Isha who went through Kinoi Vestira, but we happen to know, or even if we don't know, there happened to be Edim far away, the other side of the globe, that are aware of the fact that she actually became Tummy. She was involved with this man as married. In this type of situation, Ein Hamayim Boit Kinois, there's nothing to check. The water will not have any effect on her. My time, how do you know this? Damakro. Pasuk says if she went into hiding, nobody knows about it. Then the water will be able to verify her status. But if there's somebody out there that knows about it, Tosis has a discussion regarding even one eight, and he says perhaps even one eight can render the water ineffective. We're speaking that nobody knows. As opposed to this case, because somebody is aware of the episode that cancels the effect of the water. So that was Rav Sheshis's chidush, and he brought a raya. From our Mishnah, an example of a permanent iser is Adam came and testified about the episode. When did the Adam arrive? The Asu Adam Amas, when did they come? At what point in the process? Before drinking or after drinking? In name of Makama for speaking before she drinks, well, of course, there's no need to discuss this case. Of course, Zoinai, it's been proven that she's straight, of course she's Asur. Evidently, the mission is not speaking about such a simple case. Ella, rather, the mission is speaking Lebasa de Shusoy. She had Kinu, she had Stiro, she drank the waters. And we don't see any visible effect on her. And now Edom come and knock on the door and say, by the way, we are aware about a tumor. We're coming to report about actual tumor. What does the mission say? We take it as fact. She's also forever. One second. If what they're saying is true, why didn't the water affect her? Why wasn't she harmed through the Mesoita? Doesn't that prove that the Edom's Account is false. Oh. So now comes Rav Sheshis and says, I'll bring you a right from this Mishnah that the water cannot have any effect when in fact they were Adam. And that explains why she was spared. Not because she was clean, not because she was proven innocent, but simply because of this very fact that they were Adam that knew about the episode. And that proves my halacha. Yes, Adam, no water. If you agree with me that if there is a presence, there is some sort of knowledge out there about the episode, that renders the water ineffective. Shaper, then the halacha of is fully understood. She drank the water, no visible effect. Then they didn't come and testify. That she was Tmeya. Oh, that explains why the water had no effect. Because Maim is not Baitik when there are Adam. Eloi Amris Maim Baitkin But if you would disagree with me, 
And you would say that even when there are Edom that know about these stories, the water can still be boidig. Well, in this case, in the Mishnah, she already drank the water, we see no effect. Doesn't that disprove the Edom's account? Tigli, Muslim, afraid this should reveal to us about the actual fact, the Sa'ad, the Shakrinu, that the Edom are speaking nonsense. It should be a retroactive proof against the Edom. The fact that the waters had no effect on her way back is a raya that the Edom are speaking false. Rather, the fact that the Mishnah trusts the Edom tells us that the reason why the water didn't have any effect is because that's the halacha. When there is somebody that's Yadaba, there is no water. Amalir Rav Yosef. No, says Rav Yosef. There's no riot from the Mishnah. You know what? Perhaps even when Edom are aware about, of the episode, the water will still check her out. Question. In the Mishnah, the water had no effect on her. That can be attributed to a schus. She did a good deed which protects her from the waters. Now, apparently Rav Sheshis did consider our Mishnah as a riot to his shita. He holds that if in fact the Mayim could be Baidik even when there are Edom, then we should have seen some effect. Rav says, no, she was protected because perhaps she did righteous deeds, she did Tzchusim. So, what's the point of the Machlekes? Whether or not you can prove anything from our Mishnah. See, Rabbi has a Chiddush. This not. Rabbi Eimer, Zuchus, Phoenicia did Tzchusim, it can protect her, it can delay the reaction. Her health doesn't improve, she doesn't give birth. That's Misnavna. She feels... Um, the effect right away. It, it weakens her health uh, situation until she actually deteriorates to the point that ultimately she'll die in the same manner as a regular site. So Rebbe tells us that water is um, sort of held back. The effect of the mime is held back. She's protected. But ultimately she'll die with that same Misa. And even for the time being, there is an effect. There's a weakening effect on her health. Now the Chacham disagree. The question is, do they disagree on both accounts? That the eventual death does not resemble the Misa Vesaita? And also, on the first point, they hold that she's fully healthy until that happens? Or are they just being Chalik on the second part, on the Misa aspect, but they agree that she's still Misnavna? It has some sort of effect now as well. That's the point of Machlegas between Rav Sheshis and Rav Yesef. How to um, explain the Machlegas? How to explain the Shita of the Chachamim in this agreement with Rabbi? Rav Sheshis, Rav Sheshis holds, Bein the Rabbi, Bein the Misnavna. He holds that even the Chachamim agree to Rabbi. That in all cases, the water does have an effect on her. It weakens her. And therefore, let's go back to our Mishnah. She drank the water. Adam came and testified about Tuma. We believe the Adam. One second. If in fact she was Tame, why uh, don't we see any effect on her 
as a result of the water. We should have a misnavna taking place. Everybody agrees there's misnavna. Even if there was a schus, she still should be uh, affected by it somewhat. That proves my point, says Rav Sheshus. Apparently, it's because of the fact that when we have Adam that know about the story, water is ineffective. That proves my point. Rav Yosef Savar, Rav Yosef who held that the Mishnah is not a Raya, he held like the other approach. Savar, le Rebbe havi misnamna. True, Rebbe holds up misnamna. There's an immediate effect. The Rabbanu lo yavi misnamna. Rabbanu holds that when there is a schus that protects her, we have no immediate effect. It's not visible on her. So back to our Mishnah. She drank the water. Why don't we see any effect? Because she had a schus. So perhaps eventually the water will bring about that tragic, you know, uh, result in her. Despite the fact that we have Adam speaking about her tumah. So basically you have no right that when there are Adam, the water is ineffective. Maybe the water is effective, but it's on a delayed reaction. So bottom line is, Rav Sheshesh tells us, Mayim is only Baitik if there is nobody that knows about the story. But if there are Edom, even in Medina Sayyam that are aware of the actual Tumah, that renders the water to be ineffective. He brought a right from the Mishnah, which Rav Yasef disputed. Ma'asiv Rav Bar-Ashi. I have another Kasha on Rav Sheshesh's Chiddush, that when there are Edom, the water is ineffective. Rav Shimon Aymer, he holds, Ein schos toila b'mayim You should know, schosim don't protect the Nisha. You know why? For two reasons. Because if you suggest otherwise, you know what you're doing? First of all, you're mitigating the uh, deterrent factor. You're pushing away. You're taking away that element of fear. People will have less uh, concern. They'll say, well, my schosim will protect me. So that's number one. You're taking away the the whole effect, the whole purpose. Number two, you're putting the innocent women in a bad light. Why? Because people will say, well, uh, of course she's guilty, but we'll see. It'll take a while. Right now she has chosem, it's protecting her, but she's really guilty. People will claim, oh, the Isha, who walked away from the water unscathed, they'll say, well, she's really guilty. But she was protected by schus. Therefore, says Rabbi Shimon, I don't agree with this idea of schus protecting. Frakti Gemara, one second. Vim Isa, but according to Rav Sheshis' Chiddush, there's another instance that Nisha can, on the one hand, be guilty and still be protected from the effect of the water. What case? The case of the Edom. Yeshla, Edom Dinasayam, Nami. So in that case, and there are Edom out there that know about it. So in that case as well, if, if, you're telling me that the water can't have an effect on her, it's going to have the same effect on the community at large. It's going to distort the facts. Atahira drinks, she comes out clean. People will say, no, she's fully guilty. People will claim, she's really telling me. The reason why she wasn't affected by the water because of a technical problem. There are Aiden that know about the story. So according to Rav Sheshis, 
you're um, disrupting the whole process. Okay, so this question was posed the fear of Shimon's concern. We can't have a situation where an Isha is protected because otherwise it's going, we're just going to attribute guilt to every Isha even if she comes out spared. You're right. According to Rav Shimon, just as Chus can protect and can't negate the effect of the waters, Edim nami loitalu. Likewise, even if there are Edim that know about the tumma, she will not be spared from the effects of the waters. You're right. Rosheshes was not speaking according to Rav Shimon. According to Rav Shimon, this cannot be a fact. Says the Gemara. I have another kasha on Rav Sheshis, who says that when Edim know about the tumma, the Maim is not biding. Masavra veilu shemin chaysein israfis. The following situations: we take the mincha which the seita brings, made out of barley, we take it and we burn it for lack of another option. So burning is typically a process applied to something which is Kaddish, Kedusha Saguf. It rose to the level of inherent Kedusha and you can't just redeem it. The only option is burning. So in the Saita situation, you have you have cases where you just got to burn it. Haymeras Tmiyani, she admits that she is Tamei. That's it. There's nothing you can do with the Mincha. There's no point in being macro of it. There's nothing to check. There's nothing to verify. Oh, this is the punchline. Adam came and told us about the Tumah. Once again, that renders the mincha ineffective. You go and you burn it. Asks the Gemara, when did these Adam arrive? Do also Adam Amos, when did they come? At what point in the process? Did they come before we actually sanctify the mincha? Before we put it into a you know into a kli to give it that additional kedusha of kedusha sagov. Well, if that's the case. Why don't we apply a more simple solution? Instead of burning it, just redeem it and send it back, put it back on the shelf. Apparently they came after. This mincha was already at the point of Kedusha Sagov. It wasn't a klisharis. You can't just redeem it. So you have to burn it. Asks the Gemara, why burn it? If you suppose that even when there are Edom that are aware about the facts, the water can still verify the situation. She's still eligible for drinking of the waters and be of the mincha, which is really one process. Alma bas So she's eligible for for bringing the mincha, making a kaddish, and the mincha is uh, is is going to be brought in the mizbeach. Right? She's a bas migdash mikravi. She's uh, in need of the. Of the karbonis and the, uh, the 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 mincha itself is a bas migdash mikravi. It's right. It's fit. It's suitable for hegdish and akrab because we have to go through the process. We'll do the mincha. We'll you know drink the waters. And initially, when the mincha was made kaddish, it was a proper kaddish process because at that early point we didn't know about the edim. They only came later. So the Kedusha was a proper Kedusha. And that's why you're stuck with this Mincha. And that's why Minchas and Israfas, for no better option, we go and we burn it. But that's all good if we say that she was going to drink. She was right to drink. Despite the fact that there were Edom out there that were aware about the Tumor. 
So she made the Mincha Kaddish. It was a proper Kaddisha. So now that the Edom came and disrupted the process, because they verified that she's telling there's no need to continue with the process of verification. So now there's no way out except for burning. But if you go with Rav Sheshesh's halacha, that that in an event that there are Edom anywhere out there that are aware about the Tumah, that have an awareness of the of the of the actual episode that cancels the whole verification process, the Maim and the Mincha. So in this case, true, when she was Makadish the Mincha, we didn't know about the Eid, correct? But now that they came, mid process, Tigli Milsilam Afray, it should be revealed, discovered retroactively that she was never suitable. She was never a candidate. For mincha and for drinking. <laughs> the Kaddish, that when this mincha became Kaddish, Mikara Betoz Kaddish, it was always Betoz, it was a mistake. But they pick a chul and just send it back, put it back on the shelf. It's chul. Kointer of Sheshis. The presence of Adam that are aware of the of the Tumah preempts any mincha process, any mesaita process. And now it's been discovered as such. She was not right for this whole process. So it's a, a it's hegdish betos. So what's the uh, point of burning it? Amar avidim We're not speaking that she was tummy. That it's been discovered that she was tummy at the point of the mincha, when the mincha became kaddish. No, it's a recent event. It's a current event. She was magdish to mincha. And then she became tummy. So the Mincha was in Skadish. She was a regular Saita. And therefore, the Mincha becomes Kaddish and we burn it. How do we have a situation where the Tumah is a current event? This took place in the Azara, meaning after the Kine Vistira and the Kiddush Mincha. Then later we have the Eidim that she was uh, involved right now. So that stops the process in its tracks. There's no need to be Mavara, there's no point of verification. We know she's Tummy. So in this case, we entered our kasha, the Chikadosh, because it turns out that the Kedusha of the Mincha Mikara, Shapra Kadesh, was a proper Kedusha. We thought that there were Edim around in the world knowing about, a, uh, who knew about the Tumah at that early point. So it's, it's been discovered that it was, the whole thing was just a mistake. The Kedusha's Mincha was unnecessary. No! The Edim are coming about a current event which occurred after the Mincha was in Skadosh. So on the one hand, we stopped the process in its tracks. There's no point of verification. But on the other hand, the Mincha is fully Kaddish because that occurred prior to the incident. How does this work practically? How can you suggest she did something wrong now? She's being escorted by the young Kihanim. The answer is she got involved with one of them. Another example, she went out to use the washroom. The Atu Pirchekuna. Bekipatullah, she thinks uh, they hold her in handcuffs, the uh, young Kahanama, uh, you know, attached to her uh, cap, meaning they let her go for a few minutes and that's when it occurred. Okay, Rapapa Amar, Let's go back to the original suggestion. No, there was no Tumma in the Azora. The Edema came along and speaking about an old Tumma. So again, she had Kinu, she had Stira, she went to the Besamita, she was Magdish Mincha, after which the Edom came and confirmed a Tumma that occurred earlier. Question was, then just put the mincha back on the shelf. But the Ka'amra is typical chulin. The answer is, you're right. 
Menatoira, it's fully chulin. It's not Kaddish. It's a mistake. It's just Medirabonon, who treated it as Kedusha. You know why? Not everybody's familiar with all the intricacies of, you know, Hilcha Saita, at least uh, not yet on the Vav. So there's a Gzera Shemayim, and people might say, what are you doing with that Mincha? You're sending it back to the store. Moitzin, Miklisharis, Lechol, you're taking something from Miklisharis and putting it back on the shelf. So to avoid that misconception, we burn it. But technically, it's not Kaddish. Mosiv Rav Mari. Really, we make this gzera, we don't uh, just put it back on the shelf, we're concerned about perception. We have a kash on that. Mishnah says, Nit So she brings her mincha and becomes tummy. Actually, before it was kaddish in a kli. Okay, put it back on the shelf. It's like any other mincha, which is just monetarily kaddish, and you redeem it with some money, and you redeem it. But once it's kaddish, it's inherently kaddish. You can't redeem it anymore. Harehi kechala manacha. Sorry, we take it like any other mincha, which becomes possible and you burn it. Next step, kiddush akaymet. Suppose you remove the uh, palmful, right, the uh, the kaymets of the uh, mincha, and you're about to bring it on the mizbeach. Valihispik lakrivachemei. So you makadish the kaymets, and you you didn't uh, uh, before you makrivit, something happened. Achemei who? Achemei sahi. Either he or her, one of these, uh, one of the couple died. So now there's no point in bringing the mincha. The whole point is to verify her status. There's no marriage. What do we do with this? It's like any other mincha, which became invalid, but it's sort of you burn it. What about you finish the whole process? You put the kaimitz on the mizbeach. The problem is you didn't finish consuming the rest of the mincha, the shirayim, the leftovers. Somebody died. doesn't matter. It's like any other properly brought mincha, and you eat it. Why? Although, uh, there's no point at this, at this late juncture, because there's no family left. There's no point to verify. The answer is, Look, there's nothing wrong. There was absolutely nothing wrong with the mincha process. The point of the mincha was to verify this thing that needs to be verified, right? It works in conjunction with the Drinking of the waters, right? The point of the mincha was to address this uncertainty. And it did so. It was brought properly. It did everything it had to do. Kipros fake. It addressed the suffix. And it moved on, meaning it did what it needed to do. That's it. As long as the, you know, misa didn't occur before, beforehand. It happened after the mincha was brought. You were good. It's kosher. Now, I suppose. You have a mincha here, and Adam arrive and say she's tummy. Minchas and Israf as you burn it. Nimtu Eidea Zayimim. What if an Isha went through Kinoi? Allegedly, through Kinoi, through Stira, we had Adam to prove it. And she's about to, you know, bring the mincha and etc. It turns out that the Adam are totally false, making up the story. Other Adam come and say, what do you mean? You're testifying about an event that you saw on this and this day and this and this time. You spent that day with us in a different location, Adam Zayimim. So the first Adam are proven to be false. The whole episode never happened. She was, it wasn't really a saita, there was no kine, there was no stira. What do we do with the mincha that we have on hand? Minchasa chulen, we treat it as chulen, and we don't need to burn it. Chulen? What happened to confusion? What happened to misconception? We had a xera before. We don't just take things from the klishoris and treat it as chulen. People might think that we're taking something kaddish and treating it as chayl. Answers the Gemara, this is an exception. This is a very unusual situation. Adam Zaymimin Ka'amras, you're asking from Adam Zaymimin. Adam Zaymimin, Kalis Lulu, everybody knows it's 
Big news. How often do we have Edom Zemimim? So once everybody hears the facts, they'll understand why this Mincha is really not Kaddish. There's no concern or misconception. So, once again, we have Rav Sheshish's Chiddush, based on the Pasuk, arrived from the Mishnah. And Isha went through Kini Vestira. But we happen to have Adam somewhere out there that know about the Tumah. You should know the water has no effect on her. Tanya Kavaseid Rav We have a Brysa which supports this notion. Velav Mitamei, but not based on the same Pasuk as Rav Sheshis. So the halacha, yes, but not the same source. The Pasuk speaks like this. It turns out the Isha was not Tami. And she was totally innocent. So now the drinking of the waters will actually have a beneficial impact on her. She'll get healthier. She'll have children. Question. Once the Pasuk says, It was verified that she was not Tami, right? If she drank the waters, she's perfectly healthy. Apparently she's innocent. Why does the Pasuk have to continue, She's innocent and she's clean. Well, obviously, if she's not Tami, she's tar. The answer is, she will only have that positive effect. She will only benefit from the water if in fact she's tar. In fact, she's really innocent, but not if she's just being protected from the waters for whatever other reason. Then she will not benefit from that water. Tahira means as opposed to a case where she's protected from the waters because of a technical issue. Because there are Adam out there that know about the Tumma, which is a preemptor. It protects her from the water. That's not what the Pasuk means. In this case, she won't benefit from the waters. She's really guilty. But it's technicality that's preventing the water from affecting her. The Pasuk says, Utahira, with a Vav. The Vav refers to another situation, similar to this one, as opposed to a situation where she's really guilty, but she's being protected from the waters because of a schus that she did. Once again, she will not benefit from the waters. And finally, it says, Utahira, he, he is also an exception. As opposed to a case where her Impropriety is so well known and publicized. The uh, women who uh, crochet by the uh, under the moonlight already speaking about her. It's a public spectacle, public news. In that case, the mime has no effect on her. So again, it's a technical impediment, but she's really guilty. In that case, she will not benefit from the waters. So what do we see from this brisa? What are the examples brought in this brisa? Cases where she's protected. Cases where the water is not boiled. One of the cases are Aidan Babina Sayam. Unbeknown to us, there are Adam out there that know about the Tumma. The water has no effect, so it's a writer of Sheshis. However, it's based on a different drush. Now, one final kash. And I'm an off on the bottom. We mentioned Rip Shimon's concern with allowing Schus to protect the Isha because then you're sort of clouding the whole experience. Isha walks away unaffected. Well, no, she's really guilty. She's been protected because of a Schus. So Rav Shimon did not subscribe to that idea. Schus can't protect. Otherwise, you're negating the whole effect of the water. Asks the Gemara, but now, you know, Rab Shimon, he Darsh. I understand perhaps Rab Shimon is not going to make uh, a big deal about the Vav. He doesn't Darsh in the Vav. Mentioned in the uh, Brysa just now. 
referring to this chus protecting us, he doesn't agree with that idea. Okay. But what about the word Torah? Utahiri, which is an extra word, which the Brisa applied to the case of the Adam. That when there were Adam, water doesn't affect her. What happened to that case, which is based on a word in the Torah? Basically, the Kasha is if we say that yes, Adam, no water, Savisha walks away unaffected, well, she's guilty. No water because of the Adam. Answers the Gemara, you know, how common is it to have some Adam out there that know about it? Nobody will attribute her walking out unscathed to the presence of Adam out there in China. It's a very unlikely, uncommon situation. Nobody will blame her situation on that. I'll see her walking out healthy and strong. Apparently she is innocent. In fact, Tesis adds that even according to the, you know, the Chachamim, that Tzchus can protect an Isha, so we'll have a Kasha. What do you mean? So how could the husband go back and be with her? How can she go back home? There's always that concern that perhaps she's really guilty by being protected because of the Tzchus. So Tesis brings from, he says, Rebbe showed me the Yerushalmi that um, we don't have to be concerned, we don't have to be chayshish, shema, talos chus, and uh, she can go back home. So, what did we learn today is that. We started with a discussion regarding Yibum, a soita who underwent kinivistira, and then husband passes away with no children. Typically, Yibum kicks in, but not here. Why? Either according to Rav Yesa, based on the Pasuk, according to Rav, based on Al-Kavachim. Rav Sheshis presented us a great Chiddush. The Mayim is only Baidik, when nobody knows if there was Tumar. But if somebody out there knows about it, even if it's unbeknown to us, the water is ineffective. He brought a raya from our Mishnah, which Rav Yasef disputed. Ultimately, we had a raya from another Brisa, from another Pasuk to the same Malacha, that if there are Adam out there, there's no point in the Bdika, the water is ineffective. Tzlach Rabbit you, Surah and all the best.